Welcome into Inside the Den, your look inside Lee's McRae Athletics. Inside the Den is produced for the sole purpose of keeping Bobcat fans in the know and can be found on our website, lmcbobcats.com, or on SoundCloud. Just search Lee's McRae Athletics. Now, here's your host, Tim Hall. Welcome back Inside the Den, ladies and gentlemen. I am here with the head coach of the women basketball team, Keith Jennings. Keith, welcome back Inside the Den. Thank you, Coach. Always a pleasure to be back here chatting with you. Okay. I always enjoy these with you as well. Uh, we talk part team and wins and losses, and then we get into some philosophical thoughts and experiences. I always enjoy those. Yes. Okay, so I want to kick things off by talking about how you've started the season this year and now how things are starting to pick up for you all. Uh, started 0-6, which I know – had to feel uh, very challenging and difficult for you personally, but since then you are four and five. Uh, so for you personally, how tough was the first few weeks of the season? Well, you know, it was uh, it was tough because, you know, I don't like to lose. And, you know, when you, you're trying to give your team direction and insight, things at the before the season even starts to get them prepared for what we're about to go go through because you know when I was talking to my team over the summer and we were feeling like okay getting through the COVID year getting through the COVID year was going to be a challenge and once we did that we kind of came into this season expecting that it could possibly be the same thing and um, then this rankings came out and we were picked 10th and I think that was like a shock mm -hmm. to the team more so me knowing, you know, that's usually where they pick Lee's McCray, you know, towards the bottom. And when you got two new teams coming into the conference, you know, if they pick them above you, then, you know, if they come in from the peach belt, they're going to think they're better than us. So they probably going to give them a nod. So I think it was a shock to my girls that we were picked bad when they thought we would be picked at least in the top six. So that right there I knew was going to be a challenge to get them to understand, well, the game will humble you. You know, you can always think, highly of yourself but when it comes down to it and you got a panel that's picking and they don't think like you think so now that's going to have to change your red way flag. Of, yes, red flag. that's going to have to change the way of how you approach things and I think it took them a little while to understand that okay maybe we're not as good as we are but things wasn't going the way we had planned so then that doubt of well maybe we are a 10th ranked team so it was a lot of emotions that I was trying to help them fight and get through and now finally I believe they're understanding that okay it's all about us it's about the work that we put in individually and team wise and if we continue to get better things are going to turn around for us because that's one thing about our team I believe that these girls are not a 10th place team and I think right now they're starting to believe that themselves um, and I think another bonus for us right now is I had a hip replacement in August. Mm. And so here we are in February. It's almost six months post that. And I'm feeling so much better. So I can practice a little bit more uh -oh. with them now. Uh -oh. So getting in the mix, I think when they see me do what I'm telling them to do, now it's starting to be like, okay, he knows what he's talking about instead of just giving them direction and not doing as much because I was having a lot of pain. So, of course, I'm not going to – if I got a lot of pain, I'm not going to do as much as I want to. But now that that's gone, I found myself now here every day 
especially with if we got people in the protocol, I have to practice to make 10 or to make things so we can be competitive. And now they're starting to be like, oh, coach. <laughs> I think oh, that's awesome. A, <laughs> yeah, I think that's great. I don't hear those jokes anymore like, oh, coach, you're old. Oh, coach, your, your hip is bothering you. Yeah. Now they're like, coach, you looking okay. I was like, I tried Which, to tell you guys. If you think about it, like I, I train a, a lot with our kids too. I think they respect that. And, I think yeah. they really respect seeing you do it instead of just talking about it. Well, and I think maybe people out there might assume that fans or parents might assume that someone like yourself, especially having played at the highest level in the NBA, that anyone you would be working with would hang on every word. You would think. <laughs> and that they would follow through. Like if, if Coach Jennings said X, Y, Z, well then that's what I'm going to do. Uh, or in my case, same thing, having 20 years experience and not racing at the highest level, but at quite a high level that I think a lot of people assume that young people are listening and following through, but that's just not the truth, is it? No. I mean, to me, getting to the highest level only gives you a, you know, a leg up, so to speak. But in actuality, you're still playing basketball. So if you got 20 years of experience of playing basketball at a good level and you make it to the highest level and only play one year, I mean, which is, of course, it's great to be able to say I played in the NBA. And I'm, I'm thinking my teams would probably be like my coach coached, he played in the NBA. So I think they would like to say that because that's the top level. When, you, when you're talking about the top level and you can be a part of that, that's a good conversation. Mm -hmm. But if everybody doesn't make it to the top level, that doesn't mean that someone else doesn't have top level mentality yep. and still doing the things that the top level people do. Yep. I, to, so to me, I just think, you know, sometimes it's overrated, but at the same time, I know I can get the respect from saying if I'm recruiting a, a player and I'm like, you know what, I played in the NBA, I know automatically the NBA is probably going to be like, wow. You know, so mm -hmm. I, I can use that to my advantage. But at the same time, when I'm telling you what I did to get to the NBA and you don't want to do those things, then hopefully you'll catch on before your time is up. Yeah, it, it certainly does take each individual. They're on their own timeline yes. to get it yes. and to develop. And, and that takes a lot of patience, which us coaches, that's the thing that, you know, we have to possess in abundance, but can be tough to really live out. Yes. I mean, Dedication and commitment, they're two words that I try to use in my program all the time. And if you do those things, then I think your skill will catch up mm -hmm. to help you become the best that you can be. Mm -hmm. And like you said, hopefully you learn it your freshman year, and then by the time you're sophomore, junior, you got it. It's clockwork. You don't have to worry about it. But if you don't catch it then, hopefully you catch it before your senior year because yeah. it's going to be over after that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the light is at the end of the tunnel yes. and, the, and, and uh, the dream is soon up. So, okay, throughout this, start 0-6, then you get that first win in your 4-5. and five. What you personally, what, what have you taken away from that and you sort of learned about yourself or relearned and like, oh, okay, all right, this is what I'm taking away from this experience and how, can, how are you leveraging that? I mean, I, I was, I'm honest. You know, sometimes I'm brutally honest with my team. And when we started off 0-6, I really asked them, because we got 27 games, or we had 27 games on the schedule. I said, how does 0-27 sound to y'all? And all of them was like appalled, like, what? No way, no way. Okay, now, it's been teams 
in America, I don't care what sport you want to talk, that goes through their season without winning. So in a way, I'm like, if we don't win, that's just something we're going to have to deal with on the opposite end of the spectrum. And I have never talked to anybody that went defeated, <laughs> yeah. you know, but I, got, I can imagine it's not a good feeling. And I just wanted to make sure they understood that if we don't work harder or we don't find a way to get these wins, it could be a very disappointing, almost traumatizing sports mm. experience for you because mm -hmm. you don't want to be associated with not winning a single game. That's to me, that's that that would be like the worst thing to happen. And as a coach, what coach wants that on his resume? Owen twenty seven. That doesn't sound like you know what you're doing as a coach. Right. So I let them know how, how important it is for them to succeed as well as for me to succeed. Right. So I think they started understanding. And like you said, you get that first win, it's like a big relief. And that leads to you believing, okay, now we're going to get another one. And I think a, a, a rough start for us was we played some of the better teams in our league early. And so, of course, if you're not really mentally ready to play those teams, it's going to be difficult. Mm -hmm. And now we get ready to play these teams a second time. So that's the growth I'm waiting to see. Uh, are we going to approach it differently now that we're at home? And um, even though these teams beat us pretty good on the road, where we are now, we weren't there then. Right. So can we now show them we're a team that to be reckoned with going going forward? And I'm excited about these next four games. They're all at home. And um, I, I like the mentality of our girls. And like you said, we're coaching in this COVID era. So when the team only has to play with seven players or practice with six players and they're getting through it and they're starting to understand we can still do this, you start to feel like, okay, they're starting mm -hmm. to get it now. And that's how I'm feeling. I think that's team. good that you open their eyes to uh, what's the worst that could happen. Yes. All right. You gave them a clear picture. Yes. And not only the what that is, what that might feel like, and you definitely want to avoid that yeah. <laughs> at, a, at, at all, all costs. Cost. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but then you get that that first victory. It's like, all right, well, we're not going to go 0-27. Yeah. Might be 1-26. 20, yeah. <laughs> but you get the first win. How good did that feel? And what then has been different since? You touched on it a little bit, but what what then, what light bulbs went off? What energy got lifted? How did that affect the team? And how is that now making a difference? Well, I think our team, I think the roles that everybody is are starting to settle into, they're starting to understand what they can bring to the team. Because, you know, I had to let my team know that everybody on this team is here for a reason. And I believe you can do something to help our team win. But in the same breath, basketball is a totem pole effect game. I got five players that if they're out there, that's because they can really play. In the, in the bench, you know, you go if, if you get an opportunity, and this is what I had to make really clear to them this year more so than any other year that I coached, sometimes practice is your game. Mm -hmm. So if you practice well, then when I need to sub you in in the game, I feel like you're going to be ready to help us. Now, in the game, that might be seconds. So you might only come in for a short amount of time. Or – if you play well enough, you might stay a little bit longer. So I let them know it's three things that's going to happen. When I sub you in, you play well, I'm going to let you continue to play. If you come in and you don't hurt us, meaning don't turn the ball over or don't foul a lot, then you're going to play until who you subbed in for is ready to come back in. 
in the last one, if you come in and you make mistake after mistake and you're not executing what I'm doing, you're coming out kind of fast and you might not go in. So I don't want you to have the sad look on your face when I got to sub you back out. And I think now they're finally understanding that. Mm. And I, I think I think against King, I think their bench outscored our bench pretty good. And I let our bench know, you know, this is unacceptable. We got to get more. And now I'm starting to get more out of our bench, which now is starting to give us a little bit more wins. So I think that's helping us a lot now. Uh, and that sort of te- tees me up to the next thing I want to talk about is when you step back, and I think you just highlighted that. That's a good um, paint a picture you just painted. You step back and objectively look at, at how things are and what are the bright spots. You know, when you start, when, you've said this before in meetings uh, that we've had as coaches, winning solves everything. It does. And But to win means that there's some things happening going in the right direction, momentum, motivation, work, effort, execution, all those things are starting to line Mm -hmm. up. So Mm -hmm. for you, what stands out as the bright spots? You mentioned the bench. What are some others that are really standing out for you? Well, you know, we were shooting the ball at a really bad percentage earlier this year. You know, from the field, we were shooting like in the 20s, 28, 29% Mm -hmm. at the end of the game. And from the three-point line, we were shooting in in the teens, like, 13%, 13%, 15 those numbers aren't winning numbers. And fortunate enough, we still won a couple of games when we did shoot that bad. But now our shot selection and their shot making is making a difference for us. So them getting in the gym, doing extra time, extra things to get their confidence up has really been helping us. And I think also the camaraderie of the girls now is really starting to – come come along I think they're holding each other accountable a lot more um you know I almost have to tell players hey relax a little bit you know uh I understand <laughs> what you're easy. saying I understand what you're saying <laughs> but right now we're in the game that's a good sign and yes when people are getting heated yes exactly and you know, I've had exchanges like that with former teammates and from what I understand sometimes it has to happen yep but at the same time if it happens and you lose the focus which is us and winning then I got to shut that down. It's not yeah. productive for the team. And so them now holding each other accountable is is something that is really helping us. And like you said, the execution. Anytime you can execute what you're trying to do offensively and defensively, it makes a difference. So, But it's still some things that, you know, we got to tighten up on if we want to finally make the tournament and get out of the first round. You know, to me, just making the tournament, we've been successful, if you want to call that successful for us. But I want these kids to under, to appreciate and understand the next level of that. Just making it there is not enough. If you can get a win, then that gives you another type of feeling. And if you can end up winning it, then you just something stays with you the rest of your life. So. Mm-hmm. I, this is something I said the other day or just made a post and shared with others is about uh, never settle on the goals that you set. And then once you set those goals, don't ever settle and give up as you're striving towards them. Yeah. The moment you settle and accept for something underneath what you really want and desire, not only will you hit that, which is always less fun, more times than not, you fall even farther down the list. Yep. And so I agree. But it's 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 fun. It's interesting as a coach to uh, the kids have to live that and they have to learn it. Yeah. Like we can say it all we want, but things have to start 
clicking with them before they do something about it. Yeah. Because you and I, I don't get to pedal with nah. the team. You don't get the. <laughs> no. You're practicing with them a little bit now, which is great. Mm-hmm. But you're not on the court no. when it matters. It's all them. You're right. Yeah. And that's you know, it's funny you say that because in some of my shooting drills and practice, I give them a time limit of how many shots that that I need them to make in three minutes, and I I start to see that they understand now that. If you make these shots before the time limit is up, don't stop. Mm. You might as well keep going and let's see how many we can make. And it's good, like you say, when when you see your team start to catch on of, okay, this is not enough. We got more time. Let's do more. Then I think you got them in the right direction. And that's how I feel about them right now. I feel like they're in the right direction. And I'm really excited to see how this all turns out. Sweet. Okay. So, uh Last thing, which we might end up talking just a little bit more than we talked about all this other stuff, because this is more personal and also intertwining um, coaching with it. Uh, You and I, I think, have talked about this before in other podcasts, but uh, I just want to broach this topic this way. What is your relationship with losing and failure throughout life as a person, a player, and now as a coach it's not a good one <laughs> and i don't i'm not asking this because of the start right, or even the right. season at all i'm right. asking no. this in the totality of mm-hmm. everything i mean I, growing up i was never a good loser I, I had to learn how to accept and be gracious in defeat i was the you know growing up i can remember i was the type of kid that you know, I guess I was so competitive with my older brother and younger brother that when my older brother beat me so much, I just didn't like losing it and it sent a bad feeling through me. And so as I got older, when I lost, I don't remember shaking hands. I don't remember telling anybody good game. All I could remember doing was going back home and working on my game so we could be better and I don't get this feeling again. And, um, you know, as a player, I think I handled losing way worse than I handled it as a coach. Mm. Because like you said earlier, as a coach, I can't do anything but give direction, teach, uh, be there for them, be a sounding board, motivate if I can, just try to encourage them and keep their confidence up. As a player, I knew I had a direct impact on the next time we step out on the court. And so if I had – if I lost and had a bad game, then yes, I was in the gym early that next morning or possibly later that night waiting to get some revenge on whoever else I was getting <laughs> ready to play the next game. Because, like I said, if, if it's something you don't like and you can change it personally, I feel like it's up to you to do those things to try to change that. Mm-hmm. And so that was that was one of the things I learned to do. Did you ever look at it this way, uh, that they didn't beat me? Uh, I beat myself or uh, like in my case, I, I, I tried and I wasn't always successful. I, I wouldn't think that, say, a pitcher got me out. Mm. I got myself out. Mm. I, I tried to hit their pitch. I didn't hit my pitch. And that a lot of times we, um, the, the failures or mistakes that we make are, are because of our own actions or inaction and, and less to do. And that's a mentality sh- shift. That's not necessarily the, the physical demonstrative things that we do. It's more of our attitude about it. And when we do make those mistakes, yeah, we work our butts off, but more times than not, it's, it's um, a lack of a 
of a perfect execution. Uh, that's that's how I've kind of looked at it at times, and it's hard to do that when you are going head to head with someone else, especially in basketball. There is yeah. a lot of one on one. Uh, along with the team and, and certainly in baseball and in cycling it's it sometimes gets down to it's a one-on-one right. situation um and and it's and it's being able to make instinctive decisions to your advantage that's good for you and less about well playing into their hands i mean i i think when i look at it that question from a coaching standpoint mm-hmm. I think that's where the moral victories come in. I think when you start to, if you lose, but you still got to find something to keep confidence up. Because I think on in my situation, coaching the women, sometimes they struggle with confidence. If they're missing shots or if we're losing, then their confidence goes down. So as a coach, how can I get them to believe in something even after the loss? So as a coach, I, I really don't like moral victories, but sometimes – if you lose, and like I said, if we shot 29% and then we lose and we shoot 40%, well, I'm going to be like, well, look, we shot 40%, ladies. It's going to get, you know, you got to find those type of things, I think, to help them understand that, like you said, it's bigger than the win and loss. Did you still find a way to get better? But as a player, it just wasn't no more victories for me. You lose, you lose. <laughs> Don't lose the next one, you know. So it – it is, you know, when I look back on my career and I'm, you know, been coaching now for 15 plus years and I played for over like 30 years, I, I know that my attitude as a player is not the same as the attitude of the coach. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. Um, it, it is, um, it's just one of those things where I, I end up having conversation with athletes that we have here and others I uh, work with and are friends with outside of the college and we're all we're dealing it seems more with adversity than we are with all of these successes Mm -hmm. and how we respond to those situations is is going to you know dictate where we end up and if we mishandle that and we just let it get the best of us (laughs) then uh, and not use it in a way to uh, make us better then we're in trouble. I, I always would, yes. uh, in my head, I tell myself that failure is my friend. Like it's not 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 my best friend, right? Right. <laughs> but we hope right, not it's your a best friend. friend. <laughs> it's an acquaintance that I get to know mm-hmm. because a lot of times our enemies tell us and teach us more about ourselves than our actual friends do. Because yeah. friends are always there to just prop you up yeah. and just pump you up and make you think you're the greatest ever. Right. But the enemy comes along and says, yeah, actually, no, you're not as good as you think you are, uh, but I'm going to make you better. And that wakes you up. It should wake you up. If you're a competitor, that right there should wake you up and make you get after it to get better. Yeah, I agree. We were talking a little bit before we started recording, and you'd mentioned something to me that I think plays along with this uh, is that – when you were in college and uh, going through the professional ranks and NBA that you had these ideas of these results that you wanted to achieve, but you didn't fixate on them and that you knew that if you took care of business day in, day out, that this accumulation of work uh, and execution was going to lead to that stuff. Share more about that. Cause I think that's something that a lot of people can benefit from. I mean, you know, as a, as being a basketball player, you, and I was a student of the game, you know, a basketball family, everybody, we understood it. And so when 
when you're watching teams win the championships and, you know, you see individuals make the all-pro team or the all-American team and you look at what they did to achieve that, you start to get an idea of, okay, if you can be consistent. Well, I learned if I can be consistent and see how things go, you know, at the end of the season something good can happen. So luckily I, I found success early in my high school career because my sophomore year, I mean, I used to get up and jog in the morning before I went to school, like a you know a good mile and a half, a couple of miles, and I would come back and make 200 jump shots in my little dusty driveway, just working on my footwork, the fundamentals of the game. And next thing you know, my end of my sophomore year, I'm first team all region. And so I'm like, hmm, you know, that's... Connecting the dots. Yeah, so I understood, you know, once you have success, how do you handle that? You know, if, if you have success, then... For me, I had it, and I'm like, okay, I did that. If I just do a little bit more, I wonder what's going to happen, you know, instead of just being like, oh, I did it this year. I know I can do it again next year without working more or doing – and I think that's where a lot of athletes miss it. They have success, and then in, in expecting it to be like that the next year, you don't work as hard, and then when you don't get that success, now you start to wonder, like, oh, the coach don't know what he's doing or – Maybe it's a humble feeling for you. Maybe I'm not as good as I think I am. But for me, I just said, well, I'm going to do the same thing, and I'm going to ratchet it up just a little bit just to see what else happens. And so I go from first-team all-region to first-team all-state. And so now I'm like, okay, this is the recipe. All I got to do is stay consistent in what I'm doing. Something good can happen at the end of the year. And it just went on like that from my high school to be player of the year the, the next two years. And then I go to college and you make the all-freshman team. And then you make the all-conference team your sophomore year. And then you're player of the year. And then you're first-team All-American. And then when your career is over, you find yourself in three Hall of Fames. And I'm like, looking back on my career, like, wow, I'm gracious, humble, that I put in all this work and it paid off. I mean, I think people can still put in a lot of work and you might not reach the accolades that you really want, but I think you're going to be happy with what you have accomplished. And I think that's, I mean, we all, if we all could accomplish the same thing, I mean, what, it wouldn't be as special. That's why I think in sports, they got a certain level of people that they try to acknowledge a little bit more than everybody else considering it's a team sport. So that's just how I approached it. I was just like, well, I'm just going to be consistent. I'm going to work hard. I'm going to put in the work. There are no shortcuts. That's what I found out. There's no there's no things you can skip to get to where you're trying to go. And I, and it's funny. When I played basketball in Turkey, uh, I can remember our team was kind of bad, and the coach had us running all through the hills of Turkey, and one of the guys was like, hey, man, it's a shortcut this way. We can just cut off some time. And mm. we kind of did it. And the next thing you know, a fan saw us and was like, see, that's why you guys aren't that good. You want to take shortcuts. <laughs> and I was like, wow. It just took me back to when I was a young and I was like, there's no shortcuts. Yeah. But when things were getting tough, you try to find a shortcut and it's not there. So I realized once again after that, there's no shortcuts to success. You got to work hard things got to fall in your favor you know hopefully God blesses you with the right opportunity the timing and you can consider yourself successful whether you see it in the eyes of your peers or whether you believe it in yourself I mean I think that's what it all comes down to if people wouldn't have given me these awards I know the work that I put in I would have been happy and satisfied with it yeah that's a great point and <clears throat> I don't know this about you but I would imagine 
one word you said there through that that had to help. And I think this is something that we don't, I know we don't, we're not talking about this on our campus. And I think it's something at large that we aren't having a conversation about is that you probably was, you were growing up and I, I benefited from this situation too, which is I was a part of winning teams, which means I had really good coaching, Mm -hmm. like hall of fame level coaching. Mm -hmm. But I was also surrounded by other people on the team who were like me not, not that everybody was perfect, but we're like me. And we learned how to win together. That's important. And, and that it took teamwork to do that. It, mm-hmm. Just because you were a good ball player yes. or me, or maybe you have some good ball players or I have some good cyclists, somebody, that doesn't really mean anything. If two things, if there's no teamwork and people don't truly know how to win, that's that's not a rep, that's not a recipe for success. <laughs> that's for sure. I think you gotta you gotta have that will to win. You gotta know how to win, and you gotta have a want to win. Mm. I mean, if you have those three, then I think success is gonna find your team, whether collectively or individually. But um, it's definitely a challenge. It's a challenge because yeah. everybody wants to win. It's not like they're gonna let you step out there. Oh, just here, take it. You know, that's why I think. You know, you can't be scared. You got to be fearless. You can't back down. Um, people will try to intimidate you. They'll try to bully you, and not only in sports but in life. But if you don't stand up for yourself and, and make a stand for what you believe in and what you want to do, then somebody else is going to do it, and you're going to wish you took that stand. Yeah. Well, and I think as you alluded to, the college kid experience it's like what are you really going to remember it's nice to get awards mm-hmm. uh, you know and you and I both have had those and we've had athletes who've had those and it's great but you got we get to experience these things with other teammates like it's a team experience like yeah. people continue through high school and go to college they don't I mean this isn't tennis and even tennis is a team game at the college level right uh, this isn't golf this isn't triathlon this is this is a team where you've got five people on the court i might have 10 or 12 people in a race mm. uh this isn't about an individual this is about us and getting the right assembled people on that team who uh, who have come from winning backgrounds mm-hmm. That makes a huge difference, doesn't it? It does. It does. But in the same breath, you got to deal with the individualism of the game. Yep. You know, everybody still wants that individual success. I mean, think about it. How many teammates really was about the team? I mean, I can say I was about my teams, but I wanted success. You know, I I wanted to lead the team in scoring, or I wanted to – be the one that let us in assist. You know what I'm saying? But at the same time, I had to harness that just to let my teammates know I'm still a team player. So those ones that don't harness that, I think they come off as selfish and then your teammates can see that and then that's where your issues can arise. But as long as, like I tell them, as long as you can believe in yourself and still want to achieve it but it's in a team realm, then that's when you're going to try to find success because nobody – Nobody in basketball can beat somebody one against five. You can think you're the best player at all and everything, but let me see you beat five people. Mm-hmm. It's just not going to happen in our sport. Mm-hmm. Well, you touched on the word earlier, 
where like how how important confidence is in all of that like i as a person even when i i i had the same mindset you did like i wanted to help my team if if we lost i could go four for four but if we lost come on man like <laughs> yes you know i'm not I'm, the same <laughs> no if, and and if we and if we uh if we won and I'm 0 for 4, I, I feel much I better about that. myself. Yes. Yep. I'm still going to work on, right. I got myself out. You know, yep. How am I going to not get myself out next time? But I felt better because we won. The thing that I really enjoy now as a coach especially, this really is something that I take with me and I notice, even on, con- on teams we compete against. I, I, it's joyful for me to see my teammates it did back then, but more so now. I, I love to see people experience joy through success in competition. And it doesn't matter if it's someone that beat us, like because I know yes. what it takes yes. what to do that. Yes. And I enjoy seeing other people obtain joy and success. Uh, and that, and that you, I use it as fuel for mm-hmm. my own self. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that's something that, you've ever done or used but for me it i don't get upset if someone else is enjoying the fruits Mm -hmm. of all this Mm -hmm. that we go through like good for you yeah good for you i totally agree i mean i tell my girls a lot and this if you love this game of basketball because i've i've said it ever since i was probably like 12 years old i think anytime you say you love something it should be some type of enjoyment or a smile that comes across your face every time you do it. Now, I'm not going to say in all my workouts, I smiled. No. But if that ball go through the basket, I'm going to smile. Or if I throw a nice pass, I'm going to smile. Or if I do something that makes somebody in the stand smile, I'm going to smile. You know, because you got to enjoy it. Because it'll be over before you know it. You're going to look back on your career. I know I, I would love to take a poll of how many high school athletes, college athletes, pro athletes have felt like, I didn't enjoy it as much as I should have. Because going through that moment, sometimes you're like, if, like you say, if you lose, what kind of enjoyment can you find in losing? Not a lot. So when you win, I think, I mean, Coach, I dance in our locker room when I win. <laughs> <laughs> the girls know if we got some music on, I'm going to be dancing because that's something to celebrate. Because as we know, if you don't get a win, I mean, what else can you do? Yeah. You know, I, I think sometimes in our group coaches text, you know, most of the time when we win, we get a nice congratulatory text from everybody. But when we lose, it's kind of like crickets. Cricket. Nobody says too much. That's true. You know, and, I, That's and, true. and when you're on the losing end like I am, I'm like, wow, is there anything different we could do to kind of make me feel better about this loss? Yeah. But that's just it. That's life, man. Losing is to some people is unacceptable. We don't like to talk about it. But we know in our sport, it's not a tie. It's not going to be triple overtime tie, you're going to have a winner and a loser in our sport. So if you lose, still figure out how you can smile in those times. You better do hopefully did something good in the game that can mm-hmm. make you smile because mm-hmm. nobody likes that feeling. Yeah. I, I don't – I haven't, you know, I can't recall having a conversation where somebody has said, you know what, I like losing. <laughs> that just, I just no. have never heard that. But to your point about finding something in that loss uh, – I came up with this years ago and 
the one thing I miss about playing ball sports is that you are head-to-head a lot of times individually, but then team versus team. It's just one team versus another team. In our sport, boy, there's countless teams. Right. Only one person wins and one team wins. Uh, and and it, you, it is difficult to win in our sport. And I've you know, told our team that um, you don't have to win to win. Right. There is something that we did right. What right. are the things that we did right to put ourselves in position to win? And if we're constantly doing the things to put ourselves in position to win, we'll figure out a way to win. Yep. And that, to your point, uh, find out those things that you did well, keep doing them better, and uh, and when you do win, celebrate. Yes. Because, <laughs> I mean, like I said, it's hard to celebrate a loss, you know. When I think of some of the tough losses I've had in my career, it was no celebration. It was crying. You know, I can... You know, my senior year in high school, when you lose in the in the regionals, you're crying in the locker room, especially if you know it's your last game and you don't know if you're gonna I play. Was, I was ready to fight somebody my senior year. Yeah, in high or school. that. Yep. I mean, it's it's not the it's not the positive emotion that comes from winning most of the time. When you lose, you're not feeling good. Like you said, you're ready to fight. Tears. You know, it's when you retire, it's like it's over. You know, it's not too much to be happy about. But you know, when I retired. It was mixed emotions. I, I cried because you go through a flash of your career, but then you smile because, man, you, you won a lot. You got a lot. I got a lot of brothers and little sisters in this basketball brotherhood that we created, and I, I, I'll never forget that. Yeah. Well, appreciate you sharing that uh, because it's a big part of what we've been through and what we do. It isn't all about pats on the back and those no. congratulations that we get in the text or, <laughs> yep. or, or anything like that. It is, we do have to deal confront with this. And I think the more we face it head on, it's like, well, and, and just try to figure out what is this moment trying to teach yeah. us? Yep. If we take it as a, a, a moment to teach us something, we we can be better because of this. And I think the more we do that, uh, the more wins we're going to have. Yeah. And like you said, pass it on, you know, share it with the people that you're teaching. You know, I think that's one of the things us coaches, we as coaches can do. We can share our experiences and hopefully somebody else can share what, you know, pass that knowledge down because if we know what we're talking about, it's going to give somebody an advantage. Cause mm-hmm. like you say, you, you can't reach them all, but if you can reach one, then I think you're doing your job. Yeah. All right, Keith, another good one. Thank you, Tim. Appreciate it as always, sir. All right, enjoyed it. Yep. To listen to this episode again or to find previous episodes, go to our website, lmcbombcats.com, or find us on SoundCloud by searching Lees McRae Athletics. And as always, go Bobcats.